0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A rodeo star. A father. A friend. Dead. Oh no, he wasn't. Bounced off. A Bronken buck. That is not what happened to Ouncey. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to this.
1: Elsie Mitchell, all the way from Fresno, Texas. Now, Elsie is a guy that has battled through injuries this year. Broke his femur in Wheeling, West Virginia in about the middle of March. The kid can really ride. He can really jump up and be flashy. I believe we're going to start this thing up great. He's got Kruger, Bucking Bulls,
2: Tropic Thunder. And what a way to start things off on a Friday night for a man who comes in, number 15, in the Velocity Tour standings. A win here in Syracuse would get him in the top 40 in the PBR World standings. You're going to like the numbers coming in. 86 points for Ouncey Mitchell. Mitchell.
0: Man, hearing that announcer, that's the PBR announcers at round one of the Syracuse Velocity Tour, makes me feel like I'm right there watching Outsie ride the rodeo. What a star. What
2: more do we know about him? Take a listen to our friends at Fox 13. He was best known in the bull riding community and among his loved ones as Ouncy Mitchell. Mitchell told his best friend and cousin Ezekiel this was going to be his year. His career in professional bull riding was skyrocketing.
3: Went from relatively unknown on the standings to within a matter of months he was uh 23rd in the world
2: the professional bull riders organization released a statement saying quote Elsey got his name because he was born small he grew up to compete with a huge heart
0: born small you know dynamite comes in tiny packages doesn't it and this guy shot to the sky like a shooting star okay we know he was 23rd in the world as a rodeo star but what more do we know about rodeo star Outsey? take a listen to emily tenser
2: he was a quiet cowboy but his actions were loud and so was the impact he left in the arena and on his family and
3: every time i, I put my hand in a bull rope from now on it it would be it be him right there in the back of my mind he was a once in a lifetime person and a once in my
2: lifetime family member and friend and, and more so Um, a brother just days ago he called his daughter and told her that he would be home in two weeks with a new puppy she already picked out a name for it
0: so not just a rodeo star 23 in the world but a friend and a father a father who thinks to bring home a little puppy to his baby girl just to make her smile so how does a rodeo star end up dead not getting thrown off a buck and bronco but dead in a pool of blood how does that happen take a listen now to our friends at Fox 13 and KU TV 2.
4: A professional bull rider from Texas is dead after being shot in a domestic violence incident in Salt Lake last night.
5: Police say the man rode in last night's rodeo at the Utah State Fair. The shooting happened early this morning in the ballpark area near 900 South and 200 West.
1: The professional bull riders confirming just this afternoon that Demetrius Allen was one of their cowboys. He was perhaps Perhaps best known to fans, though, by his nickname, Ouncey Mitchell, the 27-year-old from Texas competed in rodeos all across the country. In fact, he took part in the Days of 47 Rodeo here in Salt Lake City back in 2018, and he'd already competed in several rodeo events this year.
0: This guy has affected the entire community. In fact, the rodeo community, not just there where he's from or where he died, but across the country. So... As the shock and grief rocks the community. I mean, I don't know how many of you have ever been to a rodeo, but I got to tell you, there's nothing like the rodeo. There's a, a country song dedicated to, they call the thing the rodeo. Uh, let's see, the blood and the guts, the tears and the something, the gold and the buckle. You get a big gold buckle when you win a rodeo match. There's just nothing like it. And the stars of the rodeo are like rock stars, uh, like um, Jagger or, or, or the Beatles or Taylor Swift or Lady Gaga or Britney Spears. They're stars in their sphere. Take a listen now to our friends at KHOU11.
2: Fans and the professional bull riders association family heartbroken over the news. Tributes are now pouring in, including from the CEO of PBR, who posted on social media that the nickname Outsie was given to him because he was born small, but that he grew up to compete with a huge heart. Mitchell was born in Fresno. According to the Wrangler Network, he got his first steer at five years old. He also had a firefighting degree from Houston Community College, got his first
0: steer at five years old. You know, I remember the first time I took the twins to a bull ranch and uh, they and myself will never forget it. Once you have that affinity, it, it seemingly never goes away. Again, you were just listening to our friends at KHOU. And now the question becomes, what happened to Ouncy? Why did he die in a pool of blood? Take a listen to our
5: friends at CrimeOnline.com. Several rounds were fired through the glass door and window of the apartment where Alan was staying. At least one round struck Alan in the torso. The investigation reveals the bullet impacts appear to be coming from inside to outside. Police also say there is no indication of forced entry or even an attempt. There was blood evidence outside the apartment. No observable blood inside.
0: No observable blood inside, uh, blood outside the apartment. What exactly happened? We've got an all star panel to make sense of what we know right now in the shooting death of Ouncey Mitchell, aka Demetrius Omar Allen, with a little five year old girl. KSL.com. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. Now, I understand that he was in Utah just to compete. Is that correct? He's not from Utah? Correct. And this was the Utah State Fair, is that correct? Correct. Describe the Utah State Fair for me. What is that? Is it just a rodeo, or is are there rides and a Ferris wheel and elephant ears and funnel cakes? What can you tell me about the fair?
6: Yes, um, the Utah State Fair is the biggest fair in the state, um, and it lasts about a week or two, and it has all the fair, the traditional fair activities. Um like livestock competitions, rodeo, rides, um, carnival games, just everything that you would expect at a fair. And it's a a big activity um, for people across the state every year.
0: I understand um, Ouncy, Ouncy Allen, had traveled all the way from Houston to compete at the rodeo, the Utah State Fair, when he got there. Now, he was at the fair uh, with an on-off girlfriend, is that correct? Yes. So they were at the fair together. Limited question, Ashley Emley. Do we know where he went after he competed? Where did he go?
6: We know all police have said so far is they went to a bar after after going to the fair together, um, and we don't know which bar. But, but I would assume if they were if they were in the ballpark neighborhood that that would be um, somewhere downtown, which is where. Where there are many bars that, that are popular in the area. You know, uh, joining me right now, in addition
0: to investigative reporter Ashley Emley with KSL, is Brad M. Micklin, a high-profile lawyer with the Micklin Law Group. His specialty: men's divorce, men's custody, and family law. Hmm. Let me let that sink in. I guess you always think the man's the victim. Well, in this case, you wouldn't be half wrong. The way you can find Micklin is at MicklinLawGroup.com. Brad Micklin, how many times do I have to say it? Nothing good happens after midnight, number one. And how many cases start at a bar, Brad Micklin? Now, don't just take off your defense app for just a minute. Let's just get real. How many Murders, aggravated assaults, rapes, sodomy, you name it. Shootings, stabbings, cutting with a a broken beer bottle, knock down, drag out, ag assault,
1: weapon fist. Start at a bar, Brad Micklin. I'm sure, Nancy, that countless of them do. But this didn't end at the bar. This ended at a home. Did I ask you about a home? Listen, I've got one hour
0: to analyze what I know. Think about it. And I know you wouldn't do this and I wouldn't want to do this. But what if you got handed a case file one hour before you were to strike a jury? One hour. I don't know why. Maybe your trial partner fell out. I don't know. But I am asking you, just pretend you're on cross-exam. Okay? Brad Micklin, how does it feel to be in the hot seat? You've had so many people on cross-exam. You're no stranger to a courtroom. How many times, generally, have you seen all sorts of cases start at a
1: bar? Thousands. Thousands? Thousands, if not tens of thousands.
0: I mean, you pour alcohol into a situation and everything ignites. You know what? Who may know an answer better than you and I do to that is Dr. Tim Gallagher, medical examiner for the entire state of Florida. Man, you're busy. Uh, pathcaremed.com, lecturer, University of Florida Medical School, founder and host, listen to this, International Forensic Medicine Death Investigation Conference. Wouldn't you guys like to go to that? A death investigation conference? Okay, let me put my dreams aside for a moment, Dr. Tim Gallagher. Dr. Gallagher, How many bar fights turn into murder?
4: Oh my goodness, Uh, uh, so many. I mean, like the uh, officer said, uh, like the lawyer said, thousands, thousands of them. I mean, it takes up a very large portion of our day, you know, sorting through all the uh, alcoholics and all the alcoholic related uh, incidences, assaults, fights, et cetera, like that. Um, And it's also a large part of my testimony when I do go to court.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, Dr. Gallagher, let me just veer off the garden path for one moment and take you down the rabbit hole. Could you just give me a, th- a, a thumbnail of the types of murders you've seen that result from bar fights. And when you see this in the movies, I know you may think it's cliche that all of a sudden a bar, a fight breaks out. That is not just in the movies. That's real. So what kind of deaths, what different kind of deaths have you seen as a result of bar fights? Gallagher?
4: Well, let me yeah, let me give you a, a ridiculous one just to let you know how. OK, things... wait, let me
0: get all settled and have a, a, a sip of my tea. Go ahead. Go.
4: <laughs> OK, so it was uh, a couple of years ago. We had a a, a bar related fight where one brother shot the other brother because one of them insisted the dog liked them better.
0: Oh, I'm so happy. Little do you know. The four of us fight about which one fat boy likes the most all the time. But not in a bar so nobody's drunk.
4: But you don't do it with twelve gauge shotgun.
0: No. No. We do not. Mm-hmm. The only time we touch a gun is when we're doing practice shooting with the scouts. The scouts. Okay.
4: Right. That's just some of the ridiculousness that uh, we have to deal with here on a very regular basis.
0: Have you ever seen anybody cut with a beer bottle, a broken beer bottle?
4: Oh, we've we've had that. We've had um, someone get thrown through a plate glass window and then somebody else pick up a shard of that plate glass and then uh, stab them with that.
0: Well, you just have all the fun, don't you? <laughs>
4: well, and you're here more than I welcome am. to join me, Nancy. Here I
0: am thinking the courtroom
4: was exciting. Did
0: you hear that, Micklin? <laughs> Through a plate glass window, picks up a shard of glass and then stabs the guy dead. I guess it was a guy. Okay, let me get out of the rabbit hole and back to Outsey Mitchell, just 27 years old with a four-year-old daughter. Guys, take a listen now to our cut three. This is Emily Tensor at box 13.
2: LaShawn Bagley, 21 year old woman here in Salt Lake City. She was arrested earlier today. The victim's real name is Demetrius Allen, but he was best known in the bull riding community and among his loved ones as Ouncey Mitchell. He leaves behind a four-year-old daughter. Sunday night, Ouncey Mitchell was in Salt Lake City doing what he loved one last time. (laughs) Hours later, he'd lose his life after police say an on-again, off-again girlfriend shot him through a glass door.
0: Okay, right there. Uh, Joining me, Dr. Mindy B. Mechanic, professor of psychology, emeritus, Cal State University, Fullerton. And she focuses on trauma, victimization, Intimate partner violence, sex assault, and stalking. Wow. Do we need a shrink? <laughs> Dr. mechanic you know what just grabbed me when I was listening to our friends? I believe that was at Fox 13. On again, off again. How many times have I told men and women, there is a reason you broke up the first time. Don't go back for seconds. Okay? Don't. Now, once in a while, you see like a second when you remarry somebody, you see it work out like Marie Osmond, Jack, Marie Osmond went back and married her high school sweetheart. They're still together. It does happen. But when I hear on again, off again in connection to a murder case, what do you make of the on and off relationship status? Dr. Mechanic?
3: Well, it's hard to know without knowing more facts uh, about their relationship. One uh, possibility is that the relationship was very tumultuous, uh, that there was some kind of abuse, violence, fighting, that sort of thing. Uh, but there could also be more benign explanations uh, given the fact that he lived in. Texas, and evidently she lived in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and so it's possible that something as simple as uh, the the distance. So I, you know, being trained as a social scientist, I try to think more in terms of hypothesis testing and what are all the possibilities, and not to go in a direction of, of making assumptions. But certainly tumultuousness was the first thing that came to mind, given that we're talking about a domestic homicide. You're right. And a long distance relationship adds so
0: much stress on it. Plus, there's a baby involved in this whole scenario. He's got a four year old
3: child. Um, were you about to say something else, Dr. Mechanic? Yeah, I was going to say I work in a lot of domestic homicide cases. And uh, when women commit domestic homicides, more often than not, it's in the context of them having experienced abuse in that relationship themselves. Now, I'm not saying that happened in this case. And so if it didn't, it would be a little bit more anomalous. Um, but one thing that does trigger uh, domestic homicides against women is separation or separation violence. And so to the extent that what, what I heard here in this case was it sounded like perhaps another breakup because he was heading over to her apartment to collect some of his belongings. So it's possible it signaled goodbye, this is over. And I'm, you know, and perhaps her thought was, well, if I can't have you, uh, nobody will forget it. I won't accept that. So that's another possible theory for what
0: what went through my mind when I heard the facts of this case. Ashley, Emily joining us, uh, investigative reporter KSL. Ashley, again, thank you for being with us. What do we know about that
6: night? So we know that they, after they went to the bar at some point, they got into an argument, um, and she left on her own and he found a ride with someone else. Um, police have not said who that person was, whether it was a someone he knew or someone he met at the bar or even a rideshare service. Um, but he, he let her know that he was, um, going to pick up his belongings from her house. But hold
0: on just a second. When you say he let her know, you're talking about, yes. uh, Denise Bagley, LaShawn Denise Bagley. So, is Bagley the on-off girlfriend? That's what police say. Okay, so we're talking about LaShawn Bagley is the on-off girlfriend. Uh, Guys, take a listen to Our Cut 41. This
5: is our friends at Crime Online. Demetrius Allen and LaShawn Bagley went to a downtown Salt Lake City bar after the Utah State Fair. The couple got into an argument, and Bagley went home without Allen. Police say Allen got a ride to the apartment to pick up his things. During the drive, he reportedly tried to call and text Bagley that he was coming. According to the police affidavit, once Allen and the person who drove him arrived, they both knocked on the door saying they wanted to get Allen's belongings. The woman drove back to her apartment. Then police say a witness and
3: Allen showed up to the apartment to grab his things. That's when police say 21-year-old LaShawn Bagley fired several shots through the front door, hitting Allen in the torso. He died from his injuries. Police arrested 21-year-old LaShawn Bagley, booked into jail on murder and felony discharge of a firearm. Good gravy.
0: It's just like Ashley Emily from KSL is telling us. Joining me right now, Chief De- Deputy with the Pitt County Sheriff's office in Greenville specializing in domestic violence cases there is no way this woman is going to be able to claim self defense I'll tell you why John Guard because she shot through the door uh, Elsie wasn't even through the door according to the witness and I'm sure cell phones uh, data will show this if it's true texted and called her in route to say look I'm coming to get my stuff So she's not going to be able to claim self-defense. The door was closed.
4: Well, based off what's been released so far in my review of everything, it it would would be difficult. But again, it's it's based on what's known and what's been released. Uh, Hasn't been an overwhelming amount of information released by uh, the police there. Uh, Just really the basics. But based on what we know now, yeah, one would assume that would be Somewhat of a a difficult argument and an uphill battle on that.
0: Guys, take a
5: listen to our cut number 40, our friends at Crime Online. Police in Salt Lake City received a call just after midnight on Monday about a man shot outside an apartment. Responding officers found Demetrius Omar Latif Allen outside an apartment with at least one gunshot wound. Allen did not live at the apartment where he died. Police say the professional bull rider was in Salt Lake City to compete in an event ...at the Utah State Fair. He had arranged to stay with his on-again, off-again girlfriend. After the fair, Allen and his friend went to a downtown bar, but got into an argument. Allen went to the apartment to get his things when shots rang out. Okay,
0: Brad M. Micklin, high-profile lawyer, joining us from the Micklin Law Group. Brad, no way, this woman, this on-off-again girlfriend... Oh, hey, Ashley, Emily, is she the mother of the little girl? She's not. Okay, so that's another woman. And this is the girlfriend since he had the baby. Okay, so he's got the little girl. Uh, and the mother of the little girl is Natisha Haywood, I believe. And um, then we've got this woman, LaShawn Bagley. Okay, got it. Back to you, Brad Micklin. Even with your courtroom skills... There's no way this woman's going to pull off self-defense. She shot through a door. That's like they do in the movies. Remember, shooting through the door. I mean, the guy wasn't even through the door for Pete's sake before she unloaded a barrage of bullets.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope you're right, Nancy. I mean, unfortunately, we never know what a jury's going to decide. But I'd be hard-pressed to believe that anybody would believe that this was self-defense or even a domestic violence homicide. It's nothing short of murder. Brad Micklin, you
0: know, you keep talking like that and uh, LaShawn Denise Bagley's not going to hire you. How could she possibly come up with a defense in this case? He told her he was coming to get his things and it's pretty much like Dr. Mechanic uh, hypothesized he's coming to get his things to get the hay out of Dodge and she's like, yo, no, you're not taking your things and leaving. I don't care if you are a rodeo star. If I can't have you, nobody's going to have you. And when he comes to the door, she knows he's coming. He's called. He's left messages. He's texted. She unloads a hail of bullets and kills him. It's very clear to me. What do you do with that? Well,
1: Well, if I had to unfortunately represent her, I would look to the cycle of violence. Was there significant past violence in this relationship? Was she raised in abusive relationships, even if it's just to negate her intent, her ability to control her actions. If she was a longstanding victim of serious violence, it might justify her actions. But I don't I don't feel that way.
0: Do you have even a shred of evidence that she was a domestic violence victim, even a shred?
1: No, I, I was disappointed that they even labeled this immediately as a domestic violence homicide because just because you're in an intimate relationship and there's violence doesn't mean you're a domestic violence victim. I, I think that's a very unique type of relationship. And this kind of label causes us or will cause us to look at what, what Did he do something wrong? Was he abusive? He's the victim. And if we start looking to her and say, well, why did she do this? Because it was domestic violence, we lose the fact that he was a victim of a vicious shooting.
0: To Dr. Tim Gallagher, medical examiner for the entire state of Florida. Dr. Gallagher, I'm trying to imagine what type, you know, you don't win a football game, a baseball game, a basketball game, a jury trial on your skills alone. You, if you want to win, you have to anticipate what the other side is going to do and then destroy it before it happens. You got to think, you got to think, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? How can I fight that? How can I stop it? How can I foil it before it even happens? So in this case, I'm imagining she's going to claim some kind of um, self-defense claim, some kind of battered women's claim, whether it's true or not. And she might try to claim she was not the shooter that uh, somebody on the outside of the house did it. But is there a possibility, Dr. Tim Gallagher, that the bullets may have a splinter or some type of wood debris on
4: them? Well, from my understanding, the door was made from glass. That's right. So, uh, we can very well inspect the, the nose of the bullet for glass. Uh, typically in full jacketed bullets, you know, you will not find it because the, uh, the soft part of the bullet uh, is covered in brass, which is a hard metal. But if it's an exposed lead <laughs> nose of the bullet, it'll often pick up the glass, and we can uh, find that um, in the lead core of the bullet. What do you mean by by full-jacketed? Well, the, the bullet is lead. It's made from a very soft uh, metal called lead, and uh, lead uh, deforms very easily, especially when you're loading it into the gun, when you're storing it. So you want to protect that lead and so you put a coating of brass or copper or some harder metal over it uh, so the lead core doesn't get damaged then when you fire that bullet the uh, outer core of the metal which is uh, very thin will break away and it'll expose the lead uh, once it goes into the body and then that lead will uh, do its damage within the body.
0: You know what I find really interesting, uh, Dr. Mindy B. Mechanic joining us, uh, California State Full- University Fullerton. He didn't say, watch out, B. I'm coming over to beat your a double He said, I'm coming over to get my stuff. I'm out of here. That is what the witness says. That is what I believe the cell phone messages will say if they are properly subpoenaed. And taken from the iCloud, hello, please hear me, police. So for her to claim any type of self-defense, or she was scared, unless there is some record of domestic assault, which we do not have in this case on Ouncey, I think it's very clear. She didn't want him to take his stuff and leave. She didn't want the fight to be over,
3: Dr. Mechanic. Well, that is how it's appearing at this point. It doesn't seem like there is any evidence that we've heard so far of any type of physical fight or any type of violence that was proximal or preceding her uh, shooting the gun. It sounds like there was there was a long period of time. And that what she knew was he was coming to take his stuff and leave. So um, that's why my mind started going towards maybe this is an act of separation violence, that she was unwilling to accept the terms he was saying. What is that? Uh, separation violence just retur- just focuses on people using violence uh, in a relationship because they refuse to accept the other person ending the relationship or, or leaving them and moving on. And so... Instead of saying, hey, it's okay, we both move on, they uh, commit violence, if violent acts, you often homicide, um, <clears throat> you know, to express their their rage and their unwillingness to accept the other person's decision to move on. Dr. Mechanic,
0: I, I hear what you're saying about separation and violence. I, I, I've heard of this phenomenon before, but I bet it's got a, a psychological label. When you're in an argument with someone and... The other person just leaves. For some reason, that infuriates the other party. They don't want the fight to be over. What is that
3: dynamic? It's control, right? It's not accepting the other person's autonomy, agency, independence to say, hey, I'm whatever. I'm walking out the door. I'm ending this conversation. So the person is basically exerting control and saying, I won't accept you doing what you're doing. I'm going to control this situation. You know, we always hear based on statistics
0: that the most dangerous time for a battered woman in a battering relationship is when she finally tries to leave. Yes. Um, But guess what? As much as I scream from the hilltops about domestic violence on women today, the shoe is on the other side foot. I want you to take a listen to a male victim of domestic battering and a lot more by his female partner. This is Alex Skill on GMB. Listen to our Cut 14.
6: So let's start at the beginning of your story because you you met her at college uh, in 2012. You're both 16. This was your first relationship. What, what was she like? How did that relationship begin?
7: It was fine. It was good and it was. It seemed normal.
0: And more from Alex Still on GMB, starting with our cut fifteen.
2: And you say she was, um, she is uh, an intelligent woman, uh, but but she used that against you.
7: Yeah, she was academically very bright. She got a lot of A's. Went to university, obviously, and I wasn't of that type. And I think she used that quite a lot. In what to, way? What did she do? Just to belittle me, say you're dumb you're stupid, you're Mm. thick, all the time.
6: 2016, you move in together, and this is where the the physical abuse starts. Um, And I mean, this this started off where she'd be hitting you over the head with bottles and... Yeah, yeah. And knives were used also. In what way? How did she...
7: Well, it started off, I was lying in the bed, and she would wait till I was asleep and just hit me on the head with a bottle. I managed to get rid of the bottle. And then she moved on to a hammer, started hitting me with hammers. Everywhere, like my shins, arms, head. Um, and then I managed to throw that hammer in the field opposite. So I thought, oh, it's over. But then everything she could find to hit me with, from bits of wood.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Go out to Brad M. Micklin, high profile lawyer and managing member of the Micklin Law Group. His specialty is men's divorce, custody, and family law. The phenomena of a man being the domestic violence victim at the hand of a woman is not unheard of.
1: No, it's not unheard of. I mean, it's always been there. There are just as many abusive and violent women as there are men. Doubtful. But the recognition Don't believe that well how can you say that see that's the bias that we all face when a when a man in a heterosexual relationship calls the police and says i'm being abused more often than not the police will either arrest him or tell him to leave and let it cool down there's a bias in our system our legal system there's a bias with police departments that men aren't victims and that makes it harder for men to report it to leave it to separate themselves from the violence because they're faced with such difficulties Getting
0: out. Okay, um, t- see, I think you, Brad Micklin, who is a stellar trial lawyer, won a lot of cases. I think you lose a little bit of credibility when you try to tell the world that there are just as many male victims of domestic violence as there are female. That's just very simply not true. Statistically. Well, that's not
1: what I said. Oh, okay. I, swear, I didn't. I said there are just as many violent and abusive women as there are violent and abusive men. That's like saying that there are, are no abusive lawyers or, or doctors or not. They're good and bad in all people, and all races, and all genders, and all occupations. To say that men are less often victims is the bias and the problem that our system needs to address. Okay.
0: I'm going to go to national statistics and maybe, you know, more than the department of justice. Uh, but on an average, 20 people per minute physically abused by an intimate partner in the U S more than 10 million women and men, one in four women and one in nine men experience domestic violence. Dr. Mindy Mechanic, is it your experience that there
3: are just as many men victims of domestic violence as women? So I don't want to speak from personal anecdote. I prefer to rely on data. Uh, so what I'll tell you is that research has looked at this quite extensively. And where we find gender parity, meaning uh, women and men engage in about the same rates of intimate partner abuse, is when we look at low-level acts of violence. So that would be things like pushing, slapping, shoving, and verbal abuse, yelling. That kind of thing actually is engaged in in roughly equal measure. But the kind of serious, injurious violence that caused women, caused people to uh, seek attention for right, um, medical yes. injuries, that kind of, the, the kind that usually ends up resulting in death, uh, that is very disproportionately... Well, according um, to the National Crime Victimization
0: Study, and it was a nearly 10-year study, 24% of domestic violence survivors are men, which means that 76% are women. Now, you know, that those are statistics, statistics are never allowed in court. But back to a perfect example of a male being a victim of domestic violence at the hands of a female. Take a listen again to Alex Skill on GMB.
7: She made you uh, made you sleep on the floor? Yeah, I slept on the floor for about eight months with i had to wear my own clothes that i wore in the day i probably wore the same clothes for about four days because i couldn't take it off because and i was putting clothes on top of me as my quilt and i had clothes as a pillow
6: Mm. and you were too scared to to complain or do anything about this
7: yeah uh there was nothing i could do i had no way of contacting anyone and if i did do it i would have i she told me if i ever tried to leave she'd kill me when did she burn you um she started stabbing me before that with a knife. Yeah. She wouldn't stab, she would hit with a knife, as if it was a weapon. She would hit, so it would leave big gashes, and they were left untreated. And then after, it was November time, we went to go and watch a concert, and I woke up because she was pouring boiling water onto my back. It was like an alarm call of... <sighs> yeah. yeah.
0: So we see the violence at the hands of the female partner on the male escalating from hitting to severe beatings to stabbing, cutting, to pouring boiling water. You may ask, why didn't he tell cops? Why didn't he leave? Take a listen.
7: He questioned me in the house. We know it's not you doing it to yourself and so the other. Um, He sat me in the car and he said you're not getting out of this car until you tell me the truth. And I said, I'm doing it to myself. And he goes, you're not. He switched his body camera off. And he goes, you're going to tell me now, straight away. So as soon as I knew that no one else was watching, it was just me and him, yeah. it come out. Yeah. And I said, please just go on the neighbor's accusations and don't say it's from me.
0: Even with the cops flanking him, he was afraid to make the claim himself. He was being horribly abused by his female partner. We've just witnessed this in Miami with the OnlyFans model uh, and her longtime boyfriend. Take a listen our friends at WSVN and WPLG.
4: A bloody Sunday domestic killing inside a trendy Miami high-rise. I think everybody is in shock, actually, like, flabbergasted. These images come courtesy of TMZ. The sparkling one-pariso condominium is where it got violent days ago, and now a 27-year-old man is dead. And his family is devastated.
5: This trio was very close to 27-year-old Christian Obamselli and his girlfriend, who they've identified as 25-year-old Courtney Clenny, an OnlyFans model and Instagram influencer. So when police reported that Obamselli was fatally stabbed by Clenny on Sunday inside their Miami apartment, the friends were left speechless. They portray a very violent relationship at the hands of only one person. I've seen her hit him. I've never seen him hit
3: her.
0: And the OnlyFans model is behind bars right now on a murder charge. But who could forget the poster girl for stalking, terrorizing, and murder, Jody Arias. Listen. With all these
1: lies, right? And, and the jury knows that these are lies. Mm-hmm. But she's still claiming self-defense now last time i checked there was no witness to this confrontation other than the accidental photos that were taken she has to testify, doesn't she? If she well, if she wants anyone catch. to believe this self defense. a catch,
0: man. Nine stab wounds to the back. That was the reality check I was about to give Vinnie Politan, and it's just like Dr. Mindy Mechanic says. Jody Arias knew Travis Alexander was about to leave her and take another girl on an exotic vacation, and it all ended. The stalking, the, the pursuing, the anger. And then the moment she finally realizes he's leaving. Same thing happened with Shana Hubers when she realized her boyfriend, they were broken up, up and coming lawyer, Poston, was having a date that night with, I think it was Miss Ohio. The fact that he was leaving. Her losing control was too much for her to take. Listen to our friends at Fox
4: 19. Cecily Miller testified that Ubers knew that Poston was going on a date with Miss Ohio, Audrey Bolte, the night she shot and killed him.
0: What I remember is when she shot him, it was like bang, 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 sprayed and then she sat there and she said, I just gave him the nose job he always wanted, cackled, laughed. She shoots him in the face and says, I gave him the nose job he always wanted. Well, she can rot in hell. Ashley, Emily, joining me, KSL, where is LaShawn Denise Bagley right now?
6: Right now, she's in the Salt Lake County Jail, um, being held on a no-bill warrant. Is it for murder? Yes, for investigation of murder. She has not yet been formally charged. We wait as justice
0: unfolds for rodeo star friend and father, Ouncey Mitchell, dead at 27. Goodbye, friend.